Welcome to the Rise to the Challenge podcast. Joining today, he's a singer, songwriter, and music producer. It's Charlie Barry. How are you doing today, Charlie? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. We're so excited to have you on the show to talk about your rise to the challenge. What we like to do with all of our guests is go right to the beginning. Talk about where you're from and what were you involved in growing up? I'm from Dallas, Texas. Um, Also, I'm really happy to be here. Did I already say that? Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for having me on this. This is really cool. Um, I'm from Dallas, Texas. And uh, growing up, I was in sports and uh, uh, played kind of everything I could whenever the season came around, everything, soccer, baseball, basketball, even played lacrosse a little bit. Um, And then when the opportunity arose, I, I, I started playing football. Um, and gradually all those sports kind of melted away, uh, and I focused on football and, uh, got a guitar in the fifth grade, um, and kind of never looked back. It was kind of football and music, uh, for a long time there. And, uh, obviously now it's just music, but I was going to say Texas, it's mostly like everyone's playing football and you're naming all the sports. I'm like, football's got to come in the mix somewhere. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. did football bring out about you? Did you learn like a new skill that you maybe didn't have through football? You know, other than it's funny because I still have all these kind of football skills that are like absolutely worthless in my life now. <laughs> but, you know, we we learn who we are and and how we function in the world a lot of different ways. And for me, I learned a lot of that in sports and specifically football. Um, sports was a place, and I, I guess I can stop saying sports. It was really football. Um, it was a place where I could succeed. You know, I was good at it. I was a big kid. And uh, so it was a place that I could belong and matter and, and have success. So it filled a lot of roles for me growing up. Looking at the other sports, do you still think that football was that go-to for you? Or do you wish you maybe tried a different sport and had that be the focus instead of football? You know, like now that I'm the age that I am, I wish I could play golf, you know, but <laughs> you know, like some, something that was more sustainable. But man, there was really, as far as sports go, there was really never any doubt where I was going to end up. Um, uh my grandfather was an all-American football player. And, and so really, uh, it really was, fo- you know, in my house, it was football and music were, the, were really the two things that everybody liked. And so, of course, I was like, I want to be liked. <laughs> I can do those, you know. Um, but, yeah, they, even, even growing up, man, I was much, I was a big kid, you know, like, like uh, looked years bigger than I was. Uh, and so it was always kind of like, well, when football comes around, he's, you know, we know who's going to be jumping in. So what was that position that you were playing? I played defensive line, defensive end and defensive tackle um, and did all along, uh, even in the played in fourth grade. And, 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 you know, with youth football, they tape an X on your helmet. Uh, <laughs> if, if you're too big to, to touch the ball, just to like, it's like a safety thing. Um and then in the fifth grade, I played up on a sixth and seventh and eighth grade team that was kind of a pop Warner outside of school um, team. And I was still too big to touch the ball. So uh, defensive line was a was a good fit for me. There's a lot of shows out there. And I don't know if this had an effect with you where pee wee football kind of youth football has taken a big talk about around towns and stuff where it's hardcore it's extreme and stuff was it not like that for you or is this like a perception that people are having that unless they're in it they're not really understanding what's the true things that are going on you know it's interesting because I've seen a few of those like TLC shows you know where where the the those dads and coaches are going overboard man it's too much and and I would have I think I think my parents would have stepped in back then. It, it is intense, especially in Texas. And it was, um, you know, if you didn't have the right jersey on, we're going to run, you know. But um, some of that stuff seems maybe a little dramatized. Um, but I'll tell you this too, man. You know, it wasn't it wasn't like a century ago when I played, but it, it, it's it was a world away because of um, just kind of the the ethos about how we treat kids and how we. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and some of that swings too far with, you know, maybe everybody gets a trophy, but you know, the, the, the idea that's come around about like, Hey, these are kids, let's let them be kids. They're out having, you know, doing a fun thing that kind of wasn't totally there, you know, so (laughs) it it, it was pretty intense. And, uh, I can remember some of the, uh, 
experiences of, of, of being scared and having to step up and all these things. But, um, you know, ultimately I think I'm okay, but, but I think it's, it's good that, that things have softened just a bit, just a bit. I always remember I used to play baseball and I had four different coaches, um, four different teams. And one coach, I mean, we're like in middle school. He's swearing like crazy, vulgar <laughs> language. Yeah. And my mom went to a game for the first time and she listened and she goes, is he always like this? And I go, oh, you should see him in practice doing the yeah. same thing. And it's just, it's crazy how, like you said, kids should just enjoy and have fun. And yeah. it doesn't need to get competitive until high school where it kind of matters where, because it ends up, oh, are you going to college and playing and things like that? So I totally agree with the whole stance of. I, I think it kids. comes down to if, if the coach is going to get fired based on winning and losing. Yeah. It gets a little more serious. Yes. You know, that, and, and until you're at that level, if it's just a dad volunteering or a guy from the youth center that's showing up, it's like, hey, I played in high school and I'm going to help you guys out. At that point, it's like, you know, let's let's relax. Um, let's have fun. Let's enjoy watching kids, you know, run around and learn something. Growing up, what kind of music were you into? You know, um, there was a lot of music in my house growing up. So, uh, my dad sang in a cover band, uh, in college. And then they, they continued on, they were great. And he sang in like a doo-wop, uh, Motown fifties, kind of, a kind of a band. And so I grew up loving those kind of simple songs. Um, there was a lot of the Laurel Canyon seventies thing happening at my house with Jackson Brown and Tom Petty and, and all those, that kind of era of rock. And then uh, a lot of top 40, you know, from the late 80s and 90s, it was, you know, Whitney Houston and and uh, Phil Collins and yep. uh, all that stuff. And then, you know, gradually as, as the world shifted its focus towards rock and grunge and all that, I did too, you know, so um, grew up on that 90s rock and roll stuff too, so. Is there a genre that if it was the only thing you had to listen to growing up, which one would you pick? Okay, that's is an interesting question because it's different. My answer now is different than it would have been then. Yep. I you know, agree. so now now I I as I've become more of a songwriter, you know, the Tom Petty and Jackson Brown and those guys that were really, you know, it was rock and roll songwriting. I'm really into that. But at the time, um the where I found my identity, uh which you know, music is so much about identity and and expression and all that. Um the first, when I was in fourth grade, uh, this was before I had a guitar, before I had considered having a guitar. I'd thought about it because my mom had one and, and plays. She plays as well. Um, but I remember getting in, climbing into the way back of one of those old Suburbans and um, back there by myself and Sweet Home Alabama came onto the, the radio, which is kind of a cliche song at this point. You hear it, you've heard it so much yeah. that the, the meaning and the impact of it, it just, it just is gone before you're even, you know, through the intro, you're like, it's so familiar, but it was the first time I'd heard it and it blew my mind. And so like, that was the, Leonard Skinner was the first thing that I really gravitated towards. Um, and it's kind of the way I make sense of how I've end, ended up in country music is that kind of Southern sound. Um, and, and, and that country-ish guitar playing um, really drew me in. Uh, but I was really into like Blink-182 and Newfound Glory and, you know, that kind of uh, second wave of, of uh, pop punk music. Um, yeah, so that, that's the journey a little bit. I love the variety. I think that's so good that you had that variety in different aspects of music and kind of got to hear all different types. Cause when I was younger, my dad would always play like rock music, the Eagles, Def Leppard, all yeah. that. But yeah. then as I got older, you would think, Oh, you like what's going on now. No, I'm still like eight. I'm nineties rock, <laughs> but all of a sudden I find this love for like EDM dance pop music, those cheesy, yeah. like, you hear it a bowling alley during like cosmic bowling nights, those kind of music. It's like still in me and my yeah. friends always make fun of me, but it's like, that's something I grew up listening. And you kind of, kind of find that identity within those songs. Yeah. You can't help it at this point. It, it becomes part of the, the fabric of you, you know, when you got the guitar, was it something that your family kind of bonded over? Cause you mentioned that your mom played the guitar 
and your dad was in a cover band, it was kind of something that you guys could all share and enjoy together. I I think yes. Um, my parents have been supportive of really everything I've done. You know, I, 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 I've chosen a lot of different stuff, but, but, uh, you know, they, they, I think they would have been supportive no matter what, but, but because they're such music fans, I think me improving and learning a new song and showing them, um, I don't know. You'd have, we'd have to ask them, but it's like, I think it's probably easier to get excited about that than if I was, you know, knitting or something that they're not particularly into. Um, so yeah, I think it was, and I know for me, there was a, it, it's funny what we gravitate to as kids because, you know, like I said, my household in general, my dad was into we, we football and music were things we always could connect on. And it's, it's interesting looking back at my life and going, of course I chose those. Yeah. You know, of course I, of course I kind of naturally flowed into those things. Um, they were easy topics of conversation, easy things to connect over, like you said. So, um, there was always a lot of conversation about music and, and going back to what you said before about what we listen to and what we, uh, you know, genres and things like that. There was always the perspective in my house of it's all kind of the same, the things that make a good song. Um, you know, if you don't have some genres are really lyrical, some are really, you know, music heavy, but you got to have the hooks and it's got to kind of come together and it's got to, um, but there was this idea of like, look, good music is good music. It, mm-hmm. it, you don't need to be bound by what genre it's in. If you like it, you like it, you know. Was there ever a challenge when you were learning how to play the guitar or did it come natural to you? Hold on, say that one more time. You broke up a little bit. Was it ever, was there ever a challenge when you were learning how to play the guitar or did it just come natural to you? I think the challenge is what's so fun about it. It's still a challenge to me. I'm still not, I still don't play the way I want to, you know, it's like, I still pick it up and go, man, I watch other guys play and I go, that looks fun. I wish I could do that, you know? <laughs> and, and, uh, uh, but I think the, the, it's a puzzle it's a language. It's, you know, it's all of these kind of challenging things all in one. Um, and so I, th- I think that's the real fun of it. I think that, you know, sitting and and <laughs> trying to master a riff or a song or whatever for hours until you get days, weeks, whatever it takes. And then finally getting it. I mean, that's, or not. I mean, I've moved on from a lot of stuff. <laughs> and like, you know what? Maybe this just isn't for me, you know? Um, but you, you find your path that way too. So, uh, but yes, always a challenge, always fun, um, always humbling, uh, you know, to, to pick up an instrument. So yes. Was the guitar more like, like electric guitar or is it more like in country music, that kind of style of guitar were you practicing and playing? You know, I didn't even have an acoustic guitar for a lot of years. It was only how loud can we get this thing? <laughs> that was that was that was kind of the whole thing. Um, it was all about electric guitar and playing guitar solos and and having a big amp and all that. I mean, that was really the dream and still is. I mean, that's still what fires me up. Um, the thought of like, you know, if I played in an arena, I bet I could turn it up as loud as I want. Yep. You know, like finally I could get it like to the volume I really want to play at. So, um, yeah, electric guitar for sure. For sure. Just, just imagine if you're at, at like one of those outdoor festivals, you could crank it up oh, yeah. louder. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Multiple amps turned up that loud. Sometimes we're asked, what's that dream job that we're wanting? What was that dream job for you as you were growing up? Mm, that's really interesting. Um I'm not much of a planner. Um, I'm very focused. I'm directed. Um, all of those things, but I don't plan out my next move very much, but I, I'll say this in the context of where I've ended up as a singer songwriter, I look back and I can see the obsession around music and, and that I was kind of more into it than my peers. Um, there was this, uh, there's really, there's, there's kind of this imaginary show in my head when I listen to music um, and I can remember imagining being in Leonard Skinner, being in Van Halen, what people are looking at, how people are looking at you, how I would have been looking at them, you know, in the dream of maybe affecting people the way these bands were affecting me. Um, and it's still a place that I go to 
when I'm producing music, you know, when I produce music, I'm at that show. Is this going to translate from that stage that I really want to be on? Um, so there was always that dream of big stages, big crowds, um, songs that people know. Um, that, that was part of it for sure. For sure. What was that first jump that you took into your music career? Hmm. Well, the sixth grade talent show. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was like, it was always, it's funny. I think I was just a really intense kid. You know, it was always like, I was as serious then about it as I am right now. You know, it was like, this is it, man. This is big time. Um, so playing, playing uh, Don't Speak by No Doubt in the sixth grade okay. talent show. Um, the moment, even before I had a guitar, I was trying to put a band together. It was like, I'll get a guitar and you get a bass and you get drums. And of course I was the only one that was really into it, you know? Um, <laughs> but, uh, I wanted to play in bands. I wanted to have songs, write songs, all that stuff. Um, but the, it, like, like most things, it progressed kind of naturally. There was, and I thought about it constantly, but like, you know, played the talent show, sixth, seventh grade, whatever, on and on, got to play a couple parties, got, you know, formed a band in high school that got to play around Dallas, you know, that, that kind of stuff. And, and as we improved, we got better gigs. And so it, it, it started feeling possible. Um, but I actually played football through college. And, and so music was, I can't say on the back burner because it was still a big deal, big part of my identity, how I thought of myself. Um, but it couldn't be my main focus at that time. And so when, when football ended, um, it was like, okay, is it LA or Nashville? And I, I think that was, when I look back, I go, the, it wasn't really the first step. It may, maybe all this you know, stuff was like pre-first step. And the first step was that you know, leap of faith to Nashville. Um, what were you pursuing in college during that time? Um, playing football, playing guitar. So it was just, just being there so that you could still do music and what your passion for football was. Man, you know, that I think I could kind of superimpose that kind of thought onto myself. I wasn't thinking that hard, man. You know, it was just, it yeah. really is just, it was just, oh, I got a scholarship. I'm going to do it. And I went and then I was all about it. And I was in the weight room. I was watching film. I was doing all that stuff and also playing guitar in my free time. Like, um, but there was no, it, it, I think it would be a little dishonest for me to pretend that I had some kind of plan, like, well, I'm doing this now. And then I'm, you know, it was just, I was just doing the thing in front of me, you know? Well, you mentioned that you're not a planner. So you were just kind I'm of not, going yeah. as the yeah. flow and seeing what was happening. If the music career did pick up, then you would take it, take advantage of that and keep going with that. I, I think that I knew that I was going to play football until football was done with me. And so it was, I wasn't like, it wasn't that my options were open. Um, I knew I was going to do music in some way for the rest of my life. I knew I didn't want to be one of those guys. that's like, Oh, I used to be in a band. Mm -hmm. Um nothing against that, you know, it, it ends for everybody at some point, but, um, but I was just there, you know, playing football, being the best player I could be, all of that stuff. Um, kind of with my eye on, on music, but yes, like you said, I'm, and like I said, I'm not a planner, but I think that that might surprise some people given the intensity that I, you know, with which I pursue um, my passions my my hobbies whatever walk us through the next step after college what was that next direction for you and how was that experience going on that path okay so here here's a here's a plot twist so I was rock and roll all the way right and I was taking guitar lessons from a guy in Dallas and um he was like look the type of and like I said I was doing like pop punk music so the, the skill required to play that kind of music is not a lot, right? It's not like highly technical. It's, mm -hmm. it, you know, it needs to be musical, all that, whatever. Um, but he was like, Hey, you're, you're kind of stagnant. You need to, 
you need to take a jazz gig or you need to take a country gig. That's my encouragement to you. Go find one. Pick, pick a genre. So I go on Craigslist and I find this ad and it says, you know, wanted one smoking lead guitar player <laughs> for a country band. And um, I was like, well, I've never played country, but I reached out and uh, I cannonballed in, which is kind of my personality. I just into the middle of the room, into the middle of whatever situation, just cannonball. I was like, I'd love to try out, you know, send me some songs and I'll learn them. And I did. I just, I learned the songs. I went, I got the gig. Um, this is all while I have an injured shoulder. I'm rehabbing that. I kind of, I'm, I'm in a sling, had to get the guy to like help me put my guitar on at the audition. And um, so I, I played it. I got the gig and we, we end up playing these uh, as most people do kind of like the 8 PM to 2 AM marathon gigs at these honky tonks and something really interesting happened while we were playing i was looking around first of all rock had morphed into something that girls didn't really like so it was like it was a bunch of guys you know at the gig like moshing um but looking around at this country gig i was like there are girls here they're smiling people are dancing this is fun they're you know it's like the whole vibe was so different to the scene that I had been in. I was like, I think I could do this. And that was a big part of the, of the move to Nashville instead of a move to LA or New York. That's interesting that it kind of, that one path, like you could have gone in two different directions yep. and you kind of with, with what was best for you, you thought, and it's taken you now towards your journey now where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. You know, looking back, these things feel meant to be, you know, um, and maybe, maybe so. Um, but, but yeah, it was, it was really, had I not, had I not taken that gig, I think, tell you the truth. I think I was exhausted with where rock music was, you know, it was, it, it had, it had moved away from the kind of guitar playing I like it, you know, and like I said, girls weren't into it. So it was kind of, I was, I was kind of like, this is the shelf life is, is, is kind of up. Did you stay in touch with the, that band that you were with or did it, eventually that was the only gig that you had with them and you moved on to something else? Uh, with that country band? Yeah. Um, so I was with them for about six months and uh, I still talk to them. I said, you know, every now and then uh, they'll reach out. I'll reach out. Um, I'm really grateful to them for kind of like helping me down this path, you know, um, and eventually I, I knew that, um, by the way, that gig, I was just a guitar player. I was not the singer. And I knew I wanted to be a singer. So, and I knew I wanted to write songs. I knew that there was something more that I wanted besides just playing guitar. So that, that was part of the move to Nashville as well. I was like, okay, I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of the creation of this, the songs, not just playing other people's music. So I moved to the source of the river. You know, I, I had, I kept going upstream until it was like, I got to be, I got to move. Um, and like most things, I decided I would move. And two weeks later, I lived in Nashville. You know, it was just like, let's do this. Um, and I'm glad I did. Moving to Nashville, where it's a big music town, was it hard to kind of get your name out there and kind of say, I'm here, I'm new, up and coming? Or was there, it's so saturated with musicians that you're all like struggling to kind of get the attention of people? I think I'm still trying to get my name out there. That's how it feels to me. I mean, when I look back, I know I'm not where I was on day one, you know? So like, I have enough sense to know that. Um, but I don't know that that stops, you know, it still feels like a rat race a little bit. And, and it's also amazing because, you know, everyone else in the race is putting out great songs and uh, you see what they're doing and it makes you improve. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, you hear people talk about, you have to be just a little delusional to do anything in life. You know, it's like even in fourth grade hearing Sweet Home Alabama, I was like, I think I can do that. I didn't even have a guitar. You know, it's like I was like, yeah, I can probably do that. Just need a couple things, you know. Yeah. Um, but I felt the same way about about Nashville. Is like, you know, I was just crazy enough to think, well, I think I can make this work. Um, and so it took it took a long time, but several years into it, I kind of I can't remember where I was. I was at some kind of event, and I looked around, and I was like. I know a lot of people here. Like I've been here a while. I know these people. 
Um, and so it did kind of cross over without me kind of knowing it had happened, but I did realize after I did. Talk about how Mockingbird's son came around in your journey. Talk about okay, that so, experience. Yes. Yes. I love that band. Um, so um, a guy I grew up with and a friend of a friend, there was a, there's a songwriter named Tom Douglas, who, who was a, a friend of my dad's um, that, that was a mentor to me. Another reason why I was in Nashville, because I realized, you know, Hey, if I'm starving to death or something, I could probably get a ham sandwich from him. Mm-hmm. And that way, that way undersells the depth of our relationship. But it was like, that's, that feels good to me to know somebody there that's, that's having success. He was also kind of the the blueprint for me of, okay, this is possible. Like some, I know someone that has done this. And I think most musicians that, that go for this, um, a lot of them have that person where they saw someone from their hometown go for it and have at least a little success, just a little. Um, but uh, so Tom actually helped put it together. Um, I was wanting to do a harmony band and uh, we found these guys and put it together and, and we sounded really good singing together. And we said, well, let's just see what happens. Let's write some songs and see what happens. And we put out an EP. Um, this was, you know, two years into living in Nashville. Um, we put out an EP like three weeks later, we had a booking agent and a manager. It was like, wow. And then we were like on the road doing it. You know, it just all happened really quickly. But what was like a memorable gig or an event that you guys performed at? There were so many good ones. There were so many good ones along the way, but, but um, uh, some of the better stories, I guess, you know, we, we opened for Eli Young Band quite a bit. We, we opened for Toby Keith, um, opened for a lot of bigger artists. Um, probably the ones that stick out the most just as a standalone gig, like, wow, that was amazing. We did a gig on the deck of an aircraft carrier in the Indian Ocean oh. uh, on a USO tour or actually Naval Entertainment Tour um, to a bunch of sailors that were so appreciative. It was amazing. Um, it was really an incredible experience to just the location alone and then the the people there that, that are really kind of isolated from the world to get a little bit of um, live music was was really cool to be able to do that. Did your band members ever have any challenges with each other or was there ever like a disagreement about how the direction of a song was going, lyrics were going, things like that? Or were you guys able to kind of utilize each skill and each person and kind of work together? Both, <laughs> you know, both um, at our best, we we were able to go, you know what, you're good at this. Why don't you do it? Um, as the band progressed, you know, things got worse and worse. I don't, I am honestly, I'm going to own this. I'm not great with a democratic process. It's like, no, I think it's this. And so that's what we're doing. So ultimately the band broke up. Um, Of course it did. You know, so now looking back and I was like, how could this happen? What do you mean you're not happy? You know, and and looking back now I go, well, you know, of course they weren't. Of course the band broke up. You know, I was, I was pulling more and more control and it was like, um, it, it, it was the writing on the wall was, I think I'm a solo artist. I think that's, I think that's where we've, where we ended up. So um, love those guys, love the experience we had. And, you know, ultimately exactly that struggle that you're talking about, you know, broke the band up, you know, as as it does with most bands. Um, Bands have a real shelf life. Was there kind of a moment where the other members maybe thought that you were going to go solo? As we see with some bands, sometimes the singer kind of has that breakout solo career. And I only use this as an example because it's the only one that I can think of. Like Matchbox 20. Rob Thomas went on his own and had a career, but then he came back because maybe it was just a different vibe at the time. But was there a moment where you knew that you needed to go solo at a time? No. No, I was, I'm such a band guy. I so want, you know, arm in arm, we're going to take on the world together. Um, I so wanted that. I'd still like that. I just know better now. I know I'm not actually well suited to that. Um, uh, still feel like, you know, leading a band into, into a gig and, and all of that is still, you know, the relationships with the people you have on stage, that's still one of the best parts to me, if not the best part of this. 
Um, but gosh, through and through, I wanted that band to work so bad. Um, there was never a moment while the band was together that I was like, I should do this alone. Um, there was a, the, the moment that came was this is really not working. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know what was on the other side of it when the band broke up, you know, I was like, this is just kind of another one of those. I think it's over. I think I have to move on. And I think we were probably years beyond that point. Cause I wanted it. I wanted it to work so badly. Um, but it took, you know, it took a little while after the band broke up for me to even be like, you know what? I think I'm, I think I'm going to do it. I, I think the next step for me is to be a solo artist. Um, but it was never like a backup plan or something like that. I honestly don't have enough bandwidth. <laughs> I don't have enough bandwidth for backup plans. I'm so all in to whatever I'm doing uh, that that uh, yeah, I, there was no there was no plan. There was no moment. Leading into that, where you were so focused on your career, did it ever take a big chunk out of your personal life, and you had maybe a struggle that you kind of had because you were so focused on your music? Yeah, I think, you know, this is an interesting question um, because it's it's a, you know, life question more than music. But it's it's uh, to to me. um, The lifestyle you live on the road and the lifestyle you live off the road, if those are too far apart, you're going to have some issues in both. You know, um, so if if you're uh, act one way on the road, act a different way at home. It's a problem. So really when the band broke up and I had to come off the road, you know, while the band was happening, I got married. Uh, th- th- there was like so much life had happened and, and coming off the road, it was like my wife and I are going to have to learn to live together. When I came off the road, we had never spent a, a full two weeks together. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, so like learning like, Oh, okay. Like you kind of leave the cabinets open a lot. Or like what you know, like whatever, whatever you know, from minor annoyances to yep. to things of like you know, losing that band for me, it was like I don't know who I am anymore. Do I? Am I going to go work at Home Depot? Am I going to be a handyman, which I did, you know, in in those years after. Um, but there was so much identity wrapped up in that, and really, when 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 the band broke up and I came off the road, I kind of imploded. You know, my career uh had it was directionless rudderless uh, personally um there there was a lot of growing up that i needed to do that i hadn't done and you know the 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 stereotype of a touring musician in a lot of ways is true i mean it's like we live in this suspended adolescence um we have people telling us where to be and when to be there so we don't really have to take care of ourselves in that way you know and so Coming from college football, where it was like, here's when you need to be at your classes, you have tutors, you have, you know, I was coddled. And then I got kind of coddled in the band. And then so the past five years or so, I've grown up like 20 years worth. You know, it's like I now feel like I've caught up to my age. But but um, yeah, I was I was absolutely lost when that band broke up. And, uh, you know it brought out a lot of uh, brought up a lot of issues that needed to be addressed from, you know, not paying bills on time to all the way down to, you know, addictive behavior and stuff like that. So. Did your wife support and kind of help try to help as best as she could because you didn't have that time that you guys were together because you were on the road. Did it kind of feel like maybe she didn't understand your identity is so around music and that this is a different side that she's seen. I don't think it was her that I don't think she was the one that wasn't understanding. Like, I think, I think it really was my deal. You know, I think she, she was, she's been unbelievably supportive. And at the same time, one of the things I love about her is she doesn't, you know, like I get on the tilt a whirl and she's like, I can see that you're on the tilt a whirl. I'm not getting on it. You know, it's like that to, to me, I'm like, I so admire that. I, I'm, I'm appreciative of that now. At times in my life, it, it was maddening to me. Like, why aren't you in this with me? And it's like, I'm so glad she wasn't. It would have been a disaster. Um, so there, there are times I may, I maybe would have described what was happening as, as what you said of 
Um, are you supporting me? Are you, do you understand? And looking back, I go, that's really irrelevant. It's really yeah. irrelevant that she fully understand that part of me or whatever. It's like, for me, that stuff's nice, but it's not the core of what marriage is for me, you know? Um, and so I, I really, in a lot of ways, I'm just glad she stuck with me. Yep. All these ways I was deficient. I really was not bringing uh, the best, my best to the table. Um, and she saw something in me that was like, you know, I'm going to stick, I'm going to stick around. I'm going to, I'm going to hang out here. And um, you know, I'm grateful for that. You talked about going through addictive behaviors. And if someone yeah. that's listening to this, how were you able to maybe understand that you might've had these addictions and be able to kind of get the treatment to help get through it? Oh man. Um, you know, I think most people have probably heard the term rock bottom. Um, when you're there, you don't, it's, it, it's a really beautiful place to be. It does not feel good to be there, but you find God down there. He's mm-hmm. there. Um, you look around and in the past where you go, you know what, I'm going to pull the rip cord. I'm going to, I'm going to go to alcohol, you know, uh, lust, drugs, whatever. I mean, not all of those are my story, but, but I'm going to go to my phone. I'm going to go to food. I'm going to go to, I mean, fill in the blank. You know, it, it, some of these things taken to extremes can could definitely be considered addictive behavior, but um, you just reach for a hand. And the amazing thing about rock bottom is you find one. Yep. And so it, it wasn't necessarily what I did. It was that when I needed it at the right moment, somebody came to, came and helped. And I, I, I didn't feel an option of, you know what, I'm just not going to ask for help. I had done that plenty in my life. I can handle this. You know, I can keep this, I can kind of spin all the plates at once. And, and when it finally falls down, man, the rock bottom is, uh, asking for help. It is, there is no other option. Um, and by the grace of God, I was, I was kind of taken in by, uh, uh, some men, some, you know, whatever. It's like people that helped me and, uh, I can't really take credit for it. It I look back and I go, that was a miracle. That was an absolute miracle. Um, The only, the only part that I can say is I was willing and it didn't, it didn't feel like there were, there was any other option. It was, I'm going to go this way or I'm going to go that way. You know, things get real clear in those moments of crisis. Um, and I knew I wanted to live. I knew I wanted to um, have a life. So. Were you able to be open with your family about what you were going through or was it hard to kind of admit what you were going through? Um I mean, some of it's like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm not doing great. They're like, yeah, I know. I can kind of see that, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But of course there's shame about, about um, admitting your, the worst parts of yourself to anybody. Um, luckily my family was very supportive um, and helped me through, you know, we're, we're, we're talking vaguely, you know, some of this stuff, I just want to address the elephant in the room of like, well, what was the addiction? It's like, I don't know that that matters. And I don't know that it's great for me to go rehash everything. You know, part of me is like, well, it's probably not as bad as you think it was. That may be true. It may not be true. I don't know. But, but the truth is, you know, rehashing what, what happened in the past is less useful to me than giving somebody the hope that if you are down there, I promise you there's a hand to, to help you out of that. I promise you. Um, there are all kinds of resources, whatever, 12 step, all of that stuff. It is, it is unbelievable. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to address that. So, so that people know I am on purpose, not, not going into the details of, of, of my own addictive behavior. No, and I totally understand. I think what your message that you're sending, if someone that is listening to this and they're going through something that they can take what you have gone through and kind of the message and the mission that you had and talking about your experience, they kind of can utilize that and adapt it in a way that maybe it can help them 
also, even though it could be in completely two different areas, but it's still kind of the same concept and helping, but we're so appreciative that you're open about your journey that you have gone through because it could help someone that's listening to this and our listeners love learning maybe something that they're going through, through our guests that are sharing. Yes. Yes, that's correct. With your music career as a solo, you had a few singles. Has there ever been a song that you kind of wrote that kind of has been very personal or you might've seen something and it kind of sparked an idea for your song creation? I, you know, of the songs that are out, the most personal one is, is called Outskirts of Grace. It's the last one that I put out. Um, and it's really about this journey of coming off the road and thinking, there's no way she's going to love me still. There's no way God loves me still. Mm-hmm. There's no way my family's going to accept me. There's no way the world's going to accept me. Um, and then kind of finding out like, yeah, they do. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's plain and simple. Like, no, 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 they, they definitely still do. Um, it's not the case for everybody, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm uh, blessed in that way, but also um, somebody does, you know, no matter where you've been, uh, there's still a place for you. And that, that's what that song is about. Um, knowing that, that no matter where I've been, what I've been through, uh, God is saving me a place next to him. During these last few years with the pandemic, a lot of traveling has not been happening. So musicians had to be creative and coming up with a way to still kind of be musically and get it out there to their fan base. And something that you did was create content and kind of do some covers and things like that and still showcase your love for music. How was that for you? And was that something that kind of challenged you to be creative and create those short videos online? I think absolutely. I mean, I, the, the pandemic changed so much. Um, music, which had been a real connection point for me, um, and, and it had been a really collaborative process for me, all of a sudden became isolated. Um, so there was, you know, writing songs kind of like we're doing now, like on Zoom, uh, looking at a computer screen. And, and um, there was, so you know, I'll say this too, so much of me getting started on my solo career was you know, the, the, the spark was when my dad passed away in 2020. Uh, he had a long battle with cancer. Um, he was so brave. I'm so proud of how he did it, but so much of my mind was occupied with, with that. And when he passed away, it was like, okay, life is short. So by any means necessary, if I'm going to do this, I need to do it now. Um, so started putting out music and, you know, putting out the covers, it's like, it's interesting to me, you know, I like doing it and I like doing it, you know, recording my harmonies over, a, over a track or whatever. I think that's really fun. Um, so to me, I was like, I'm just glad that there's a place for me to put this. Cause I, yep. I, I kind of am going to be doing this anyway. It's just a matter of, okay, can I get other people that want to hear this? And, and there's been a lot of experimenting about how far do I go with the weird humor, how, you know, how far outside of the country can I go with a cover? Um, you know, what do people respond to? Because as much as there is uh, that little voice in your head saying, be true to yourself, you know, only, and, and that's a really popular thing that people say is like, I'm just going to do exactly what I want. And I don't care. And it's like, okay, well, I hope that works. <laughs> and also for me, a lot of the joy is the relationship with an audience of like, Believe it or not, I really do want to put out stuff that people like. You know, I, I also I recognize how distracting that can be in the creation process. And sometimes you got to put the blinders on and go, I like this one better. We got to we got to go with that. But, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I do want people to like this. I want to be on that imaginary stage playing for these people that that are receiving it and giving back. And, you know, it's, it's a whole relationship. But um, the pandemic definitely changed how that works. Um, in the few years from when my band broke up to when I started solo career, the entire world had changed, um, with streaming and all of that stuff, a whole new world. And it's honestly, it's been fun to figure it out. It's been challenging and, uh, and fun. Do you have a favorite cover that you've done? I just put out that little, it's just a chorus of Shania Twain 
Yep. Uh, still the one. I like that. Um, I did a full version of Boys of Summer that's on YouTube only. Uh, that was great. I mean, I love that song. I love that song. Like that's one that I listen to maybe daily. I mean, I really, I really love that song. So getting kind of like inside of that and uh, doing it kind of no, almost note for note um, was really fun. And then uh, I put out on Spotify, I put out a cover of uh, Missing You by John Waite. So I love that one too. Is there, we, we talked about you're not a planner, so this might challenge yeah. you. Is there a stage or a performance or a collab that you hope that in the future it could happen? I want to be, I just want to be in the room with Bruce Springsteen. I don't, I don't even care if we work on music. I just want to be around the guy. I want to see what it's like. You know, he, he is so unbelievably impressive with his philosophy and the way he lives life. And um, we don't line up on everything, but the, the amount of respect I have for that guy, yeah. just hearing him talk about, Hey, this is how I came to this conclusion. I'm like, wow, this guy's amazing. Um, and then of course I love the music and, and, and have actually grown to love the music more and more um, as I get deeper and deeper into music. So we can expect to cover a Bruce Springsteen soon. You know what? Actually now thinking of it, I did a little, <laughs> I'm on, okay. I did, I did. Um, I'm on fire. I put that on YouTube um which was again it was like 11 30 at night or something and that song came on spotify i was like i could probably do that <laughs> <laughs> and i jumped into it and and uh ended up putting it up on youtube so so what does the future look like for you what are you hoping to accomplish in the next few years I go back to the planning but yeah personally and professionally anything that the listeners can look out for when it comes to your journey um, professionally, I'm, I'm really excited about the music I'm putting out this year. Um, my music in 2021 had a introspective, serious tone. Um, I think that I wanted to establish that I'm not like, uh, that I'm serious. I don't know that there's a serious, uh, melancholy side that I really like about myself. And also there's this other side that hasn't shown up yet in my music. That's fun. And uh, so this year is going to be a lot more fun. And uh, I'm excited about kind of rounding out uh, the collection, the catalog, whatever, um, and showing a little more uh, breadth, width, whatever you want to call it. Uh, um, and my hope is that it connects with people. I want to connect with as many people as possible. You know, it's, it's possible that all the people that need my music have already have heard it. That's, mm -hmm. that's always possible. Um, I really view this as a gift um, that was given to me in whatever measure, you know, sometimes when people say that it sounds like, well, it's, you know, <laughs> it's like, Oh, this will. Okay. Anyway, like er, ego arrogance aside, it's like, okay, I really think this was kind of handed to me. Um, and it would be weird of me. It would be weird to like have this wrapped present and be like, I'll just keep this one too. You know, it's like, no, it's for y'all here take it. And so I want to give away as much of it as I can. And I hope it, I hope it has an impact. I hope it um, gives words to people's stories. I hope it's a soundtrack for people's Friday and Saturday nights. You know, I, I hope it's all of those things. I hope it gives eventually the, the career grows into something where um, there's a fan base where people could feel like they belong and matter, you know, um, find their people um, through my music. That that's important to me. Um, the specifics of, of, goals that I want to accomplish, it really is that small to me. It's really, I'm going to do the best vocal I can on this song. I'm going to write the best song I can. Um, and I really think even though modern musicians, we wear a lot of hats with marketing and graphic designing and all of these things, it is, I still don't, I'm going to do that stuff, mm -hmm. but it, I can't force it on people. Can't make them do it. So my job is really just to do make the best music that I can and give it away and it will do what it does. You know um, that's professionally and personally, I want to be a great husband. I want to be a great dad. You know, I want to, I want to have, I want to live with heart and I want to give that away too, to the people that I love. I love hearing all of that. It just shows the passion that you have for what you're doing. And definitely as a listener of music, when we can 
connect with that artist just through a song, we can tell they have the passion for what they're making. So everyone that's listening, we're excited to see what's next coming out this year for you. But the final question I have for you, for someone that's listening to this interview based on your journey and experience, what tips or advice would you give them to overcome obstacles, accomplish their goals, and rise to the challenge? Say the three things one more time. Overcome obstacles. Overcome obstacles, accomplish their goals, and rise to the challenge. Okay. Um, Don't quit, first of all. Yep. Um, Specifically, if you're listening and you're a musician, um, do what you have to do to keep going. As long as you feel the fire burning, pursue it. Even if you have to work at Starbucks, even if you have to get a side job, whatever, just keep going. You've got something in you that needs to be expressed. And I, I would say that's true of everybody. You've got this pilot light on inside of you. And if you ignore it, you end up in some weird places, some, some unfortunate places, because um, it's going to come out and it's a matter of how it does. So um, creating space for that expression, doing the best job you can at whatever you're doing. Um, realizing that, you know, the the results, the uh, admiration, all of that stuff is not necessarily an indication of the quality of your work. You just got to keep going. Just got to keep going and stay connected to people. Um, find your people, stay connected. Um, none of this stuff is worth accomplishing alone. You know, if you're going to be if you're going to be, if, it, if it's going to pull you out of connection and all of that stuff, it's not worth it. Um, so stay connected. Uh, keep your eyes on the, on, you know, where you're heading and where you want to go and, uh, you know, adjust accordingly. Well, Charlie, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your rise to the challenge. You're inspiring so many people and we're excited to see what the future looks like for you. Thanks, Alex. Tune in next time here, my next guest talk about their rise to the challenge. Remember to follow, subscribe on all major audio platforms and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel to the full length episode and video format. What path will you take to accomplish your goals? You decide.